catch up with the entire season of Pandora anytime on the CW app or download it on iTunes. You can also watch Pandora in Canada on the Space Channel. Welcome to Unboxing Pandora, the podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look into the hit CW show, Pandora. My name is Peter Holmstrom, I'm the writer's assistant on the show, and will be your host today. As we do our first in the series of podcast commentaries for the episode of Season 2, I have two very special guests joining me here today to make things happen. First up, returning champion and current holder of the longest interview I've ever conducted for this podcast. Director oh, of this episode, <laughs> Brett Simmons. <laughs> Brett, thanks for being back, man. Hey, glad to be back. This is going to be so exciting. I cannot wait for this. Um, and then on the other corner, uh, I'm not sure why I'm using boxing metaphors right now, but <laughs> the other corner we have, I'm very happy to have here, showrunner, executive producer, writer of this episode, and most importantly, he is my boss, Mark A. Altman. Mark, thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be here. And I have to say, you've been doing an amazing job with the podcast. I'm learning so much just listening to people like Brett talk about uh, <laughs> making the show. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I was standing next to him the whole time he directed for the most part. I still am learning stuff. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's been great. I really have been enjoying it. I thought the one the episode with Roxanne and then you had Nicole and and uh and 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 Akshay and and uh, it's just been it's been terrific. I'm just uh, oh, and of course Ben and Tegan together was terrific. So really great. And Steve Krasier, man, I like. Yeah. There's another one. That's my my writing partner, my fellow executive producer. And again, fascinating stuff I didn't know. So kudos <laughs> to you, Peter. I'm Thank. You. I'm beyond humbled. I, I was such a fan of your work on on the first season of the podcast. So that's uh, it's very. We met because of your work on podcast. So this is, it's very kind of you to say, thank you so much. Yeah. But don't, don't tell people that because then they're going to think they can get a job on Pandora. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you were in the right place at the right time and said the right things. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So for the audience listeners, uh, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for watching the episode. We are doing here today a podcast commentary for episode one of season two that will have aired today, October 4th at 8 p.m. on the CW. Um, so what we are doing is we are watching an ad-free version of the show. So if you want to sync up with us while the episode is playing, you'll have to be aware to stop the commentary when the ads pop up. And of course, thank you again for watching. Um, yeah, and so of course, guys, if they want to watch an ad-free version, you know, CW is Sunday night. And if they want to rewatch it, they can watch on the CW app for free. You can also download it on iTunes and Amazon Prime and as well if you want the ad-free uh, versions. And uh, also, um, I know we're going to be making a big streaming announcement soon, but uh, I don't think uh, that has been uh, announced yet. So I can't say anything. My lips are sealed for the, for the first oh, time. I ever. love secrets. I love it. <laughs> well, stay tuned. I guess stay tuned. Uh, so, guys, uh, what we're going to do here, we all have our individual versions of the episode. And what we're going to do is I'm going to do a countdown and then I'll hit, say play and then we'll, hit, we'll uh, get started. Now, Brett, I know what you're thinking, man. And no, this is not a Lethal Weapon 2-style countdown. This will be an actual <laughs> countdown from 3, 2, 1. And then when I hit, when I say play, that's when you hit play on your recording. I appreciate Brad you has, so uh, much. Brad has uh, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> diplomatic immunity. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to this. Um, so if we're all ready, we have our mouses set, drinks in hand, everything is good to go. We'll get started. All right, three, two, one, and play. 
Now, Mark, my yeah. first question, uh, I want to go to you because going back to the very first day of the very first writer's room for this season, you knew exactly what the first shot was going to be for the show. Um, walk us through why you wanted this to be the opening for the season. Well, when we finished last season, I knew I really kind of wanted to, I, I, I don't mean this in a pejorative sense, but I wanted to re-pilot the show in a sense that I wanted to start. So if somebody started watching at the beginning of second season, they wouldn't need to have watched season one. I mean, in fact, I really fought against doing a previously on because I wanted this episode to be the previously on. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, I always knew that this was the opening. It's kind of a cold teaser. And, uh, you know, we don't know anything about who this guy is or what he's doing, but this, uh, this, this action that he's about to take will have repercussions that affect the uh, entire season, which I think is, uh, is very exciting. I was more worried about the actual execution of the scene, which thank God, uh, you know, Brett pulled off great, but it was less a Brett thing than art department and costumes. And that was where I was worried. Yeah. Mark and I had, we, we think very similarly. We have big ideas and it's just a matter of, Oh man, I hope it can all look as cool as we're hoping it will look. And I'm super happy with it. I love the mood. Yeah. Me too. Off with. Color timing and music really helped. And this last shot of the teaser that crafty apes, Crystal do did phenomenal. That pull away where we see that he's on a protector ship on the moon. I just, I love that shot. My biggest regret is that we didn't slug it longer, which, you know, I would have liked. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. Now, Ipcris five, of course, is a reference to the Ipcris file, because there's so much in this show that is meta, you know, parallax corporations you know, Parallax, uh, the Parallax view. I mean, there's a lot. It's not all Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica references. <laughs> Although I did in episode two, slip in a Buck Rogers reference. We'll see if anyone notices. Nice. <laughs> I got to say, the was, design is fantastic on this market. Well, well this market's interesting too, because this was our first day of production. And this is our first day of production in the middle of a pandemic. So this was really where we came and had to find how we were going to pull this off. And it was funny because Mark and I were really trying to think through like, how can we make this kind of cool and futuristic and kind of like a futuristic version of Morocco. But we were, I mean, Mark, and you could speak to this too. We were kind of avoiding being directly Moroccan. And then with COVID, we we're like, wow, if we lean into Morocco, we can actually make this even safer by covering everyone's mouth. Well, yeah, busy. I don't know if you remember because, you know, we hadn't started shooting yet. And, the, you know, we, we tested everyone on set, you know, including stuntmen, the extras. So the first group of extras, Someone had COVID, right? Yep. They're tested before we start shooting. So that everyone, all those extras were broomed. They were and had to be replaced. And then we got a second pool of extras that we tested. But out of an abundance of caution, we were really worried about, you know, uh, how things. So we said, you know, let, let's lean into the Moroccan and give them all face yeah. masks. So they're all wearing masks underneath the, um, you know, the, the like the scarves uh, and the shawls. And, yeah. 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 It was really nice because it just felt like it was a it was a creative solution that actually added to what we were doing. You know, it it, it was really cool. We we were just so excited, and I just think that's a cool texture. Yeah, it totally. I mean, that's the thing. We we you know we we said uh, it looks uh, really cool, and I remember it was the line producer was like, "Is there anything you can do?" You know, because you have so many extras that day and everything. So as a matter of fact. You know, Brett and I have been talking about this, and we have a very cool idea that we think is kind of germane, and uh, and and obviously it looks it looks great. So, um, uh, and and I had wanted to use we'd shot a lot of the back lot out over first season, 
but we hadn't really shot this part of the backlog. I had my eyes on this since like the middle of last season. And so when I wrote this episode, you know, I kind of wrote this knowing that we had this piece of the backlot we hadn't really shot that I was excited about actually um, using because I love that arch. I, I, you know, yeah. I get obsessed with weird things. And, no, uh, I know. Love, it's love cool. Arch. And I, I remember. Also, oh, go ahead, go Mark. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I remember reading the script for this when, uh, when Mark first sent it to me. And one of the other things I really loved was just this whole scene in general as a means of kicking off the season, seeing Xander and Jax on a mission doing the spy thing. We kept calling it star Wars, James Bond. And I was like, this is just, this is starting so fast and so exciting. And as a fan, I just couldn't wait to get into actually like, putting this all together. I was so excited with the script. I love what Oliver would say. He had this little theme song. He would sing space spies, you know, where he yeah. would say space spies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was funny because that's exactly right. It was, um, uh, you know, it was what, what would happen is that we would, um, uh, you know, sort of start with them on a mission working together. And, you know, I wanted to do the time jump. That was also very important, you know, which had been done so effectively originally in China Beach, but Alias and especially Battlestar Galactica did the time jump so well. I, I didn't want to spend all this time like picking up from where we left off at the end of last season. I, you know, I really wanted to jump ahead into the thick of the action. And of course, here we are speaking of the action and you do a great transition because of course we're not in the same place we were just shooting, mm -hmm. but it, it looks yeah. like we are. Yeah, yeah we, seamless, seamless. We worked very hard to try and connect two very disconnected locations. Um, but the action helps, you know, and our production designer did an incredible job of like bringing pieces from one location to the next to kind of help bridge the gap a little bit. And, but I mean, in general, this location was really difficult, probably one of our hardest shooting days, but also one of our most exciting because we were doing so many fun things. And I, it's just so fun kicking off the season and the episode with so much action. And we had so much to do, but the cast was so game. And one thing that always cracks me up is when, you, when you're when you looking at this, like, you know, Mark and I are making all these wardrobe decisions about, like, how we want everyone to look. And we're not really thinking about the fact that we're shooting in 110 degree weather. <laughs> like, no. like, like, everyone was so game and really dealing with a lot of heat that you don't see translating onto the screen. <laughs> no, that was a tough day. And it's always tough when we shoot at this factory. Um, and we call it the uh, biomass curse. And, you know, our hope was that Brett would break the curse. And he did. It was a great, great day of filming. Other than the fact it was oppressively hot. But at one yeah. point, like late in the day, at the perfect part of the day, um, the uh, uh, it started to rain. And yeah. it was right when we were doing a move from one location to the other. But it was going to really be a problem if it didn't stop. So I took Brett's megaphone and I put, that's a cut on the rain, cut on the rain. And <laughs> shockingly, the rain then proceeded to stop and we were able to proceed with our day. So it was a really bizarre, fortunate happenstance. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't look at all of this footage and think that this was all sandwiched around rain but no, not at all. <laughs> it happened it was crazy but it was great because this fight and i really do want to like compliment the cast on the fight because one of the things that you know mark and i had a lot of like big hopes and dreams for this fight the main advantage i feel like we had was being the first episode out was giving them as much rehearsal time as we could and on top of the rehearsal time we were able to put into pre-production the rain gave us a solid 30 45 minutes of just the cast rehearsing the fight and once the rain stopped we were able to just go nuts shooting this fight and i feel like it all benefited from <laughs> the rain felt like a tr like a problem at first and it ended up being a real gift and i love the fact that yeah they did for sure so much and i fight. just 
They're both wonderful in it. And it's a great fight. And our fight choreographer, uh, Shifu, where we shoot in Sophia, everyone has um, nicknames. And honestly, I couldn't tell you half their real names. They all go by their nicknames. So our our fight choreographer is Shifu. And um, he's just so great. He's so game. He's so passionate about the show. And he really, he knew we really wanted a kick-ass fight to start off season two. And he delivered. I think it's terrific. And this is a yeah. wonderful uh, scene as well. You know, oh, yeah, this, this guy guys. we cast, uh, the, 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 the guy who represents the thugs here, he uh, actually works for NATO. He, he was working for yeah. NATO in, um, uh, in Bulgaria. And um, he has a great look and a super nice guy. Um, a really nice guy. And you're used to casting in Bulgaria. When you're casting locals, you expect Bulgarians. Mm-hmm. He was American. Yeah, and you really want to try and not. I mean, there's some amazing Bulgarian actors, but it can be co- really call attention to itself if you start casting too many people. Mm-hmm. These accents, and I try and lean into casting Bulgarians mostly for um, Zatarians, which has really worked out well for us. Like the guy who plays um, uh, uh, Ben's father, uh, a Salazar, yeah. who you've worked with, is just oh, phenomenal. He's awesome. I mean, he's phenomenal. phenomenal. He works for the National Theater of Sophia. And he's just amazing. Now, here's our great introduction to Ben for the season. Yeah, I w- when I read this in the script, I was just I'm so excited to shoot this. And I love what Crafty did with the ship coming in. Mark shot that POV shot through the ship for me while we were working on the fight. So Mark's little ad, you know, second unit cameo. I was so chomping at the bit, you know, because I'm not, I didn't direct an episode this season. But again, because of COVID and a lot of other reasons. And I was just so anxious to get behind the camera and so it's like, Brett took mercy, you know, pity on me. He's like, hey, go shoot the second unit of the of the crowd. And, you know, it's a thankless thing, but I'm like, absolutely. I'll, I'll go do that right now. <laughs> it saved and us. Ended, it saved us. I ended up shooting a couple other things, too, for some other episodes. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it, I definitely, I missed it. But uh, I, fortunately, I just, you know, was so fortunate to work with such just great directors across the board this season. I mean, from Brett, to Chris Ledoux and, and Brea Grant, who's amazing. And um, then we had uh, Buddy Giovinazzo, who was terrific. And I mean, it was just an amazing group of directors. So it's good that I didn't come in to screw things up. Oh, stop. We, we definitely have to like go back to, yeah, the Dauntless is amazing. And not only the VFX, like just what Crafty Apes did with the new ship, is just all my dreams come true. And I love the new, uh, the score, the theme for the Dauntless just gave me chills the first time I heard it. I was like, oh, oh God, God I know. Joe and Panka did an amazing job on the score to the whole episode, but especially the the, the Dauntless theme, which is just, I mean, look, I, I, I basically, I wanted our show to have our enterprise. I mean, that's no secret, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, we, we did, uh, you know, we did uh, Future College last year and we knew, or I knew, second season, I wanted it to be more of a space adventure. And if you're going to do a space adventure, you need to give them a ship. They can't be off stealing ships every week and, um, you know, absconding with, uh, you know, vessels they're not supposed to take. Right. So the idea of promoting uh, uh, Xander to the, to the uh, captaincy and giving him a portfolio and giving him a ship uh, was so important. And, you know, the big conversation I had with the uh, concept designers was I want to ship that is like as iconic as the Enterprise and a Star Destroyer and the Galactica, but doesn't look like any of them. But I said, it has to look great on my desk as a toy. It has to one day be on my <laughs> desk as a toy and look great. So um, 
that's what we came up with. I mean, it doesn't look like the Enterprise. It doesn't look like a Galactic, but it's a really cool, you know, and I kept kicking things back because I wanted it to be cooler and cooler. And, you know, we came up with something I think is really awesome. And I totally want it. Uh, and in fact, we should talk about that because on Meredith Lucas's desk, you're about to see the one model yep. of the Dauntless that actually exists. It's 3D printed. And it was in the script. And I remember when you and I first saw set eyes on the Dauntless uh, model yep. that was going to go on the uh, the desk. And it was like in the spinal tap when they see yeah. Stonehenge <laughs> and realize it's 11 inches and not 11 feet. I mean, we were both yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I was like, wait, uh, this is the size of it? This is what it is? Yeah, it was Maybe. very much a Stonehenge moment, moment for us, for sure. <laughs> but now it's a, it's a toy that can be on your desk. There you go. Now it's a, it's, you know, it's a little smaller than I thought, but it, it's, it's cool. And, you know, next year, that's something we can fix. So, uh. <laughs> man, this was, this was something that was so fun to come into the season. Getting to play with was just the Dauntless as a set. Just the this room, the corridor she's about to step into. Even most exciting is the bridge she's about to step into. But this whole addition to the to the show of being on this ship was so exciting and so fun to play with. Well, that's a huge testament to our new production designer, Alexi. Alexi did an extraordinary job because you know it's no secret that we weren't you know, um, over the moon or, or completely content with all the sets from last season. But we had very little time to build them last year, too. Certainly yeah. even less to design them. But this year, we had a new ca- a production designer, Alexi, who just who got the genre, who really understood what we wanted, who worked very closely with us, and just, uh, just hit it out of the park. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, we're so happy. And, of course, here's the captain's station, which was something that was very important. We didn't want to give Xander a captain's chair because we felt that was a little too, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, by rote. Everyone gets a captain. So, you know, what's really popular now? Standing desks. So we like the idea of him kind of having a standing desk in operations. We call it the treadmill because it looks a little yeah. bit like a treadmill. <laughs> we thought standing desk and we got a treadmill is what we got. <laughs> but, you know, it's how he stays healthy, too. <laughs> exactly. But we call it, you know, it's an operations uh, station for, for the captain. And, uh, and I mean, I think, you know, for those of you who are watching for the cast and the characters, you know, which I'm sure most of you are, I, the relationship, I, I remember when we first saw the two of them, Brad, when you were directing him in, yeah. in this scene, and we realized how great the chemistry was between the yeah. two of them. Honestly, yeah, I was going to say, like, it's not even really fair to call it directing because, like, their chemistry was, I, I got to inherit it, you know, and they came in and just their familiarity with each other and just having gone through a season already together, like, it was all so easy. I don't want to say effortless because I don't want to make it look like they weren't acting, but there is just so natural and was so, I mean, just from the first take out, we're behind the monitor going, man, Oliver and Priscilla are just on and this is amazing. Um, yeah, I love I, this stuff. I, I do too. I think, you know, and a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of fans who are shipping different uh, permutations, you know, uh, some Jackson Xander, some Jackson Raylan, some ja- Jackson Cordelia, you know, some Jackson Greg. And um, so I think, but anyone, I, I think is not going to be disappointed in, in, in the way the season starts with the two of them, because I think it's just really wonderful and tender and um, mm-hmm. they're just so good together and there's obviously so much of a connection now this is the best right you want yeah. to talk about this scene <laughs> so so mark and i you know we we block shoot you know our episodes so I'm, i was block shooting episodes one and two and mark and i were on set and we were shooting on this stage 
And we didn't realize until day of that we didn't have a scene on the bridge in the first episode at all. And we were like, wait, hold on. And both of us had missed it. We just like, how did we do this? So Mark's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to write one. We're going to shoot it. I'm like, great. I'll tell everybody we're going to add a scene to the day. And we came up with that scene. Well, Mark came up with the scene on the day and I blocked it on the day. And we just added this whole scene. It was so crazy (laughs) because we both realized we're like, okay, we have, you know, this great new set. And you don't even see it till the second episode. We have the new ship, which we make a big deal of introducing, and they're never on the bridge except in the dream sequence. It. And even at we the time, it was it. the dream sequence wasn't even going to be on the bridge. It was going to be in the Carter, and right. we, we ended up changing that too. And it was like, no, it, we got to see the bridge. So, like, yep. I remember I was literally sitting in Video Village writing that scene, and I, I said to the ads, "Go print this up," and they gave it to you, and we we talked about it. And I said, "Okay, let's give it to the actors," and like. I think about 20 minutes after I wrote that scene, we were filming it. <laughs> yep. The AD was looking at us like, we're adding a scene because, you know, it's a tight schedule. We're like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and we did it as a one Like, we got to do it. I love it. And that's and the other like, thing. What, was what, like, what do you mean you got to do it? I said, because we, we got to see the bridge. We have to. But that's the other thing that was kind of exciting about doing the first episode. Because, you know, last season I came in and more like into the season, whereas this time... I felt like I got the honor of introducing things. And so being able to, when we added that scene, I was like, guys, we're going to do it as a one because this needs to be like, we, we want to show off the bridge. Let's just do a camera move yeah. through the space. And it was, that was so fun. I couldn't believe it. We were, we were freaking out excited. No, I, I love it. And I, you know, we were, we were totally right. It was totally the right thing to do. We only cut one scene from this episode and I'm going to put a still from it on Twitter. Um, there was an, uh, an interrogation scene that got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know if we'll ever release the deleted scene, just because it's not that interesting. But um, it, it just, it's so interesting because, you know, when you write thing, obviously you don't write stuff to be shot and not used. Um, but, it, you know, when you're editing to then discover, you know, how superfluous certain scenes are, it always comes yeah. as a big surprise. But I yeah. always knew that bridge scene was never going to go away. And uh, no, I was definitely couldn't. right. Yeah. You know, I don't know how purposeful this was, but I'm just noticing it now. The Easter Island uh, statues in the background, right? And how, in some ways, you're meant to not understand where those statues come from in real life. And Meredith Lucas here, her intentions, her motivations are a bit ambiguous at this point. I'm curious if that was intentional. Wow. Why don't we say it was, Brad? <laughs> yeah, you know what it was. Why don't we say it's homage to the Brady Bunch episode with Vincent Price in Hawaii. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, uh, Brett, why don't you make up some bullshit about how intentional it was? You know what? We it was, were... Mark and I were like just really talking about the ambiguity of her character and how we needed the set to reflect that. And no, that was all production <laughs> designer. <laughs> we actually, I do remember that meeting. We had a, a two hour meeting where we were going over um, set design, uh, set deck uh, for all the sets. And, um, you know, again, this was something where we weren't all that happy with a lot of stuff that happened last season. So we were sort of, you know, we wanted to see everything. We had to prove everything. This was the advantage of having Brett there for the first two episodes because, you know, he was there all through prepping, you know, for the whole season, even though, you know, he just directed one and two. And we looked at every piece of set deck and, you know, yeah. we were able to broom we, we, a bunch of stuff we didn't want to use. But we loved those statues. Yeah. We're like, yeah. We, we, no, they you know, I mean, there are a lot of really of, good instincts that the set designer had or set deck had for sure. 
But, you know, we also caught like naked statues, which can't be in the show. And we're like, what are you doing? No, but the level of taste in the set deck was so good that Alexi and his team showed us. Um, It was great. And then here, this is we're back at the lounge. Uh, this year, this was the Black Hole Lounge last year. This year, it's the Lounge, so the Officers Club. It's the same set, but we stripped it down, make it a little more elegant, a little more classy, a little less goofy, and we still have more work to do. But I think this scene just looks beautiful, and and uh, two of my absolute favorite actors, Noah Huntley, just killed it this season. He's yeah. so good. And it's the exact opposite of what he was doing. Basically, this season, we knew we just wanted to tear him down. And, you know, he was the arrogant man in control, the mentor last season. And this season, it was all about how much we could tear him down and and, and have the worm turn. And, you know, of course, Ben, I think you'll see, goes through this incredible arc this season. And he is just a gift that keeps on giving. He does stunts. He's a a brilliant photographer. Um, He's a gymnast. Uh, he's a fantastic actor. Um, yep. he, his, his girlfriend is an amazing musician. I mean, he is just the whole package. He's amazing. And this scene was one of the most refreshing things ever because this was like the start of one of our days. And it was the first time I was on set again with Noah. And him and Ben, like literally the first take, the cameras go up and they just, they nailed it. We really could have stopped. Of course we didn't, but it was just, I, it was so easy and it was so nice. And I think yeah. like, like to what you're saying too, Mark, like what you guys have given Osborne this season is so great because Noah's it's, it's, it was just great getting to watch him chew on different levels well, of the character. And this one, I was also talking about this being a repilot. Yes. It's it, it, the point of entry is easier for new viewers, but if you're, you're, or somebody who's already a fan, then this pays even greater dividends because mm-hmm. of course, you know, last season Osborne was trying to, basically you know incarcerate Raylan he had it out for him he believed he was yep. you know and now the, the only person he really still has a relationship with is Raylan is Raylan yeah it's so cool I loved it now uh th- it's worth talking about that this was going to be and uh, you know I, I just want to acknowledge the passing of the wonderful Ben Cross this yeah. originally was going to be Ben Cross um yep. who played uh, um uh, Harlan Freed for us and really brought so much to the show uh, in the first season. Of course, we love Luke and the plan was actually to have Ben and Luke together uh, by the end of the season uh, through some sci-fi machination. Now, of course, uh, about Ben started getting sick about a week before we, week and a half before we started to shoot this and thankfully Luke was super game and ready to come on down and do this and and uh, was fantastic and you know a couple of days after this ben cross passed away and it was really really sad because really um, sad he was so good to us you know yeah amy did the show he brought a gravitas to it he he, you know sort of having an actor of his caliber you know helped um really uh bless the whole endeavor and uh it's it was it and he was a good guy and and uh, a quirky, interesting man and super talented. And it was really sad to hear of his passing. Yeah. He was one of the greatest gifts I had last season was getting to work with Ben, but I didn't get to work with Luke. And so it was such a great surprise, you know, and we finally changed it back to young Harlan Freed and I got a chance to work with Luke who I hadn't before. And he was a real joy. He was a real joy to work with. And he, we gave him a lot to do and he nailed it. Now, here's another one of our, our new cast members. This is Nicole Castillo-Mavramatis. Is that right, Peter? Mavramatis? Sure. 
Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, she plays Jazzy. Right. And you know, the idea with this was that she's very different than Pilar. And I remember from yeah. college that you know, each year you'd have a new call, you know, new roommate. And sometimes you get a real you get lucky, you know, you get a really great roommate. And then some people you would uh, you would get a dud. And so we just wanted to have a roommate who was very different, you know, and, and also catch you by surprise a little. Like you're yeah. expecting, oh, is Pilar back or what? And, you know, no, it's, it's, a, it's our sophomore year roommate. So, yeah, and she, she dove in real fast. We started putting her in a lot really fast, and Nicole was really up for the challenge. So it was really cool. Yeah, and Nicole I love the was a very young actor and, and, and always had great energy and was happy to be there and such a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fantastic. I she was the first interview I did for this podcast, and she was just so kind. And her and Aksha are just fantastic additions to the season. Well, we're going to talk. I could do a whole podcast just on how great Shay is. Shay, uh, <laughs> Shay is remarkable. I mean, when we made the episode one hundred four, one hundred six last season, I remember um, Steve called me. I had already come back from uh, uh, Sophia, and I was going to be going back in a couple weeks. And Steve called me and said. You gotta when you watch dailies, you're gonna be blown away by this guy. Uh, he's really good. And I said, okay, I'm looking forward. I watched dailies, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy, he's playing Jed. It's terrific. We really did a good job casting him, if I do say so myself. And when he was done, everyone just couldn't help but rave about how nice he was, how good he was, um, how what great uh, he was on set, uh, and just his instincts. And so Steve and I started having this idea very early, which we almost did last season of giving Raylan this roommate that would be Jet. And it never happened last season, but that was one of the earliest things we knew for this season that we wanted to do. And I think everyone we mentioned to it was like, what? Why? Really? You know, why are you bring back like this guest star from one episode to do? And like, nobody could really understand. But Steve and I knew we had something magical. And when you watch this whole season, I'd be shocked if anyone disagrees that bringing Jet back was like a brilliant stroke of genius. Yeah, he's, yeah I, he's I, really awesome. I got to, you know, again, just to plus that, like when I watched season one, I was just a fan like anyone else. And and Jet's role in episode six was just so memorable. It stuck with me long after I finished this, the show. And by the so way, when I say back. brilliant stroke of genius, I'm not referring to myself. I'm, of course, referring to Steve because I don't have brilliant strokes of genius. <laughs> they occasionally <laughs> muddle through and come up with something halfway decent. Um yeah, I love the scene. I love, and that was an ad lib. The whole idea with the, uh, <laughs> where he brings back the thing from uh, 104, 106 of the, you know, the, the death grip. So vegetarian uh, <laughs> death. So grip. funny. So yeah, funny. So I, I love that, and and you know, it's interesting because when we wrote this, cancel culture wasn't as much of a thing, but you know, it just, you know, we talk about how like the original Star Trek, we deal with issues that are germane, you know, through the lens of. Uh, metaphor and allegory examining contemporary issues through sci-fi and i really think jet is an examination of cancel culture you know here's a guy who did something potentially unforgivable something really loathsome you know when he put those nude holograms of pilar on the on the uh on the data stream and the the thing is you know so can he be redeemed does this is this guy sincere and wanting to uh make amends and and should we allow somebody like that to make amends so that's a question i think we sort of posit and eventually we'll answer uh you know or at least get you to think about and i think that it's like it's such great timing to 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 bring up a question like that because it's so much you know very much in the zeitgeist right now it's like when somebody does something bad 
you know, or, or, you know, but, but has a genuine desire to uh, make up for it. You know, are they entitled to get that second chance? So yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. I love it. And his, his take on it is really, I'm excited for everyone to see what happens with this character over the course of the season. He's awesome. And this set, by the way, is just, I mean, it got replaced by the bridge as my favorite set. But this <laughs> is definitely up there among my favorite sets. This was kind of out of my brain from episode 10 last season. And I was so excited that it stayed and <laughs> survived to the next season for me to return to. Yeah, but you know that the bridge is so much better to shoot on. This oh, is yeah. a, and we both directed scenes on this set. This is not a fun set to shoot. No, nope. It just no, looks this- really good. It looks great. This, I, and we should say, this place is the hardest place to shoot ever because that that glass cage is like a, it's like what is that an octagon or a hexagon? Yeah, it's completely unforgiving in terms yeah. of reflections and lighting, and and you know also it's tough to mic people. Like yeah. remember you had you, well, I'm not going to say who. Yeah. There was a character that later on in the season who's in the jail, and we kept seeing their mic pack. You know, yep. because they were wearing an outfit that it was hard to hide their their mic mic and, and you can't uh, mic them any other way and it, yeah. and it's also harder for the actors to hear each other because they are actually talking through glass. It is not fake, like it's legit. Yeah. And but all those problems, like you feel on the day, and then you get the dailies, and then you get the edit, and you just kind of go, "Yeah, I can't wait to go back there." Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <totally. laughs> no, absolutely. And you know, it's a credit to our line producer. I remember when we had the idea we needed a prison last last season, and uh, Asufo was the one who said, "Oh, I think I have something you're going to love," and he knew about this and. Um, he showed us pictures and we're like, Oh man, it was lovely. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we love yeah. this prison cell. So, um, it's funny because up- they both Mark and I, well, I mean, I'm nowhere near Mark's level of bond fan, but I am also a bond <laughs> fan, but I had shown the line producer a picture of the prison set from a skyfall with Javier Bardem as a joke mm-hmm. because I knew it was impossible. I was like, what we need is this thinking I'd get a laugh. And instead I got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're so lucky. Our, our line producer, is just he just is so such an ally and so uh, such a believer in the show, and we're, yeah. we're so deeply indebted to him because he he, he keeps making the impossible possible. And yeah. you know, most shows fix these problems with money. We don't have that luxury, so we have to be smarter and uh, more ingenious and more creative. And uh, he, uh, he he's he's great that way. So yeah, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about Shani yet. Shani. Don't Shani. say Shani. Shani. Yeah, don't say I, Shani. I can't tell you how many times she corrected us. I know. But she was a she was a really fascinating addition to bring in this season because she's such a different tone than Osborne. Well, you know, the thing about Shani is she auditioned for she was the runner-up for Vakash for Sheral. She was our, our oh, number really? two. She was the runner-up for, for oh, right. we always kept her in mind. Because, you know, Vakash got the part, but we always liked Shani. So when this Meredith Lucas, we actually had cast somebody for Meredith Lucas who would have been amazing. But then coronavirus hit and they they sort of backed out gracefully. They still want to do the show at some point. But, you know, she had kids and um, she was a name actor. And, um, uh, you know, she was she loved the part and wanted to do it. But she just didn't want to fly out in a pandemic, which I totally get. Right. And uh, so we, we all agreed the part um, as friends, you know, for sure, clearly. And um, and then, uh, you know, we we uh, auditioned a bunch of people 
and along with the network, uh, you know, went for Shawnee and, and uh, she does a great job. I just love Tegan and Ben here. So Raylan and Mata are just my favorite. I love directing they're their stuff. And they're, they're fun. They're, this is what's amazing about, and again, I can't, I, I, I can't take credit for this because we were there on the day trying to think about how they would have intimacy as Zetarians. And Ben, like Mark and I were there talking through the scene with them and we're kind of thinking through. And Ben was the one that calls out how like, oh, well, we last season I had a throwaway line about how it's all very slow. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, interesting. And then they showed us what it would look like. Like we just sit here and we just take forever to kiss each other. And it was, I was just laughing, but it was also so endearing. But their commitment to just upholding the Zetarian way and it's just amazing to me to watch well, them do ben it. Ben is like Leonard Nimoy with Spock. He's very protective of the character. And like yeah. he remembers things I would never remember. It's like it's exactly <laughs> what you said. Well, in episode eight last season, we said that, you know, lovemaking on Zatar can last, you know, whatever it was, you know, yeah, that's right. six that's hours. Right. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think I wrote that episode. You know, I wrote that with Mike and, uh, and it was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, and like, so he'll bring up these things. And it happens time and time again. And it'll be like, oh, you know, he said, oh, well, last season we said, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep. And Tegan was just so funny in that scene, too. She's I see so that's funny. just such a dry hand sense of humor. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Now, this is Crafty right. Apes doing what they do so well. Of course, oh, be- beautiful freighter, the infiltrators, which are the starfighters that we have um, on our show. And uh, it's just it's just really cool. Um, very and and uh, it's the beginning of uh, infiltrating uh, this uh, this freighter to find out what the courier is trying to ship to get to Tierney, and that's the the voice of Chase Masterson. Chase, of course, um, uh, was on Deep Space Nine as Lita, um, and she was a, a real mentor of hers was Majel Barrett, who was the voice of, of the computer on Star Trek. So it seemed like a nice sort of tip of the hat to have Chase do the computer voice. And she does great. She comes in, she spends hours in the, uh, you know, uh, recording these computer voices and she does such a great job and takes it so seriously. We're, we're lucky to have her and, um, has a really great voice. She does a lot of voiceover work for animated stuff and the doctor who radio shows. And I just love her computer voice. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I I gotta give a big credit to Oliver Dench because he's playing all of this so cool and collected and you know he's just the leader of these guys but every time you cut i mean it's just like schoolboys, right like we got guns we're dressed like these sw- <laughs> oh, this is so awesome like, just, well you know peter really helped us out in that scene too because we realized he was just doing these bullshit hand gestures and we're like <laughs> yeah. you know, we should really find out the real hand gesture right but we're moving so fast so like i texted peter and it was like three in the morning here or whatever i'm like i'm just like i need you to get a pdf of military hand gestures and and get it to me right away for and literally between takes i gave it to oliver he memorized it and suddenly he was doing the right hand gestures for the for the scene so yeah. uh thank you peter uh, yeah, thank you peter. thank you you Very saved good. this <laughs> That's a nice establishing shot. Now we're back in the dorm room, which, look, we wanted to rebuild the dorm rooms completely. We didn't have the budget for it, but at least Alexi did a nice job spiffing them up. We had yeah. some texture to the walls and you know, better set deck. And so, you know, they've, they've come up a bit since from where they were last season. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously this was on my my list of, had it not been for the pandemic, I think we would have ha- had enough money to rebuild these dorm rooms. But 
it's fine. But they were majorly were plussed up for sure. Oh my god, so much are, better, yeah. so much better. I just I just want to give a compliment too to the costume designer on this show. It's it, it they just do an amazing job of making it seem very familiar, but also adding a sci-fi element to it. Oh, I can't say enough good things about Arena, our costume designer. There, yeah. there was a chance that she wasn't going to be available. And I mm. threw a fit. I'm just like, we got to have Arena. <laughs> Arena's great. And, um, you know, she's just so in- invested and cares so much um, and really understands our show and the characters and the fact that even though we want it to be futuristic, we still want it to be accessible. I mean, and there was only one time where they really missed the boat. And I think it was a miscommunication. And and you'll, you'll test to this, uh, Brett. We're on set and we get a text from Priscilla. Hey, guys, you know, I, are you sure this is oh, what you no. wanted me in? And she looked like a um, uh, uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And it wasn't good. It was. <laughs> it wasn't her, good. I, and I, I, Brett and I both went up, and we're like, "Look, this is not Buck Rogers." And I'm not even talking '78 Buck Rogers. I'm talking <laughs> the, the 1934 Buck Rogers. I'm like, you know, we can't wrap her in tinfoil unless we're planning on microwaving her. This needs to like this needs to change right away. And then we went and we picked a nice dress and you know it was good. And it was like and I, my favorite was when we were told, no, this is what you guys picked. And I said, there is no universe in the world that Brett and I would have picked this outfit for her. So nope. <laughs> never would have happened. But wardrobe really is so talented and so good and with so little time and so little money yeah. and so creative. I'm just arena is the gift that keeps on giving. I really am just It's really true. They 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 whip they whip together unbelievable stuff so quickly with, with less time than you would ever expect someone could pull off what they pull off with and it's it's I amazing. Mean, I'm always just lavishing all this praise on her because I just think she's so so good. And and uh Oh man, this is good guys. There it is. The green slime. Good. This was a challenge for Crafty to, you know, and Chris Ledoux to, to figure out exactly how the slime would work. Because you can write, it's at the old Star Wars, you can write this stuff, but, <laughs> you know, but it's like yeah. actually having to, you know, do it. And and you got to realize also that because of the pandemic, I mean, we only shot this two months ago, maybe less. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and so they the post window is so compressed. There's so little time to do these visual effects, you know, and they this is something that needed R&D. Yep. I mean, it needed a lot of, work. this was, it's so such a complicated effect. And the fact that they pulled it off in the time that they had is just amazing to me. And Oliver, like, again, like all this action stuff. And I know you even see at the beginning of the episode with the chasing, man, he loves action stuff. And it's so fun because he just gives you so much energy and so much enthusiasm and just take after take, he just goes for it. And it's so exhilarating because this was a, this was a day when we were pulling up all this, that we were moving at rapid speed and oh, yeah, we were able brilliant. to, because of him, like he just, he totally. just kept, he was like ready to do go every take. It was awesome. I mean, I can't believe this episode's almost over. I, I feel I like, you know, and it's funny because next week is a, is an adventure is a straight up yep. mission story. And, uh, and th- you know, this is like, this to me feels like all like set up for the season. And then, you know, next week's like, we're on a mission. I love this. By the way, this is a beautiful, beautiful song by the band Harlow, who wrote this for the show. And it's amazing. It's called Gravity. And um, I just loved it. And when the second I heard it, I knew that this was the end of the, the episode. I'm so happy this worked out. Mark and I very early on were like, man, it'd be so cool to have a great song to end all of this on. And then combined with the visual effects 
And then combined with Oliver's performance and Priscilla's performance, I was just so happy. Now, Brett was the one to find this particular song because we had a long conversation about how much he liked what I did in 10 last year. Yeah. We had the musical montage. I said, I'd love to do that again. And he suggested that we end this episode with music and he came up with the song, put, you know, he said, Oh, would you know, and, 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 we knew we had had a lot of luck with Harlow last season who'd done some great songs for us. So um, it all worked out great. And this again, visual effects, this is just literally Xander in front of a green screen, you know, yep. and, and, and uh, sitting on a Apple box. Yeah. It's a digital <laughs> helmet. It's just so, crazy what they pulled off. It's crafty yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Chris, and Chris then of course, just, and our memory, our dedication to Ben Cross, yeah, so that's two one. Now here comes wow, the, the season. Yes, yeah, I know it just flies by, right? Jeez. And then uh, <laughs> there's the bridge. This is um, this is going to be our firefly episode. As people were calling it, I, I people, I was calling it that. <laughs> I don't know if people were calling it that. Um, and, I love uh, this look into the rest of the season. Though this is the stuff that gets me so hyped. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and the problem is when we cut this, we had like no special effects to show, so it's all like just people. You know, but now I know all the effects we have since we cut this a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, there are some amazing special effects. She's great. This is Elizabeth Hamilton who plays the Sumi Aleka. And she was a real joy. That's awesome. So great. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, I, guess, so- I guess we should wrap it up then. Uh, we're near the credits. So, um, Mark, Brett, where can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you at? So, don't get in touch with me. You could get in touch me. with Mark. <laughs> Unless you Mark want to connect with you, I don't know what to say. <laughs> on, on, on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me uh, on Mark A. Altman. And uh, right now, I'm so busy anyway with um, post. Obviously, with uh, you know, we're, we're we're editing multiple episodes, we're mixing, we're color timing. I mean, it, it's crazy this, the schedule that we're on. But it, I wouldn't trade it for anything. We're having the best time. Yeah, it's awesome. So thank you, Peter. This was fun. And uh, we'll yeah, be no, back for fantastic. episode two next week. Uh, next week is Don't Think Twice. It's all right. They're all named after Bob Dylan songs. Oh, and next week's episode is a treat. It's going to be oh, great. I hope so you guys will good. join us again here. Uh, listeners out there, you can connect with us at Pandora Writers on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find behind the scenes photos on there. And if you like the show, give us a subscribe. Give us five stars. If you like the episode, uh, rate it good ratings on IMDb. We always appreciate that. Um, So until next time, we'll say goodbye and uh, hope you will join us again on Unboxing Pandora. Have a great week, guys.